If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, guys, what's up? Today is Tuesday, August 25th. I'm joined here with CJ Yuri. Stephen Cashin is going uh, to come with us on the second half of the show. So uh, what's up, CJ? We're back on FAU Owl Radio today. How's it going? This is good stuff. It's been a while. Um, I've been enjoying some great basketball. I've been enjoying some great hockey. Uh, NFL is getting closer. Some big news today. Some fans will be at the stadium for uh, Miami Dolphins. I'm pretty sure the Kansas City Chiefs will be having fans at their stadium, too. So we're inching closer to the world potentially reopening. Politics aside, that is good to hear. So... Uh, life has been good, and I'm just really enjoying some sports right now. Well, I know, CJ, you're probably booking your week six tickets when two is going to be the starter. I, I know you. You're going to be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> I, I mean, mean if, 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 the, if I'm able to. I don't know how they're going to do the seating and whatnot. So. Eh, well, I mean, if you can get tickets, I know you'll be getting them. So uh, we'll start with the NBA here. By the way, also, of course, uh, for those of you who couldn't catch the live show, this will be on all of our podcast platforms on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and uh, all the goods, Google Podcasts, uh, and basically anything else you could think of, Stitcher. Uh, so we're going to start with the NBA here. Uh, so right now we're both watching, and we're recording this on Monday, we're watching the Thunder and Rockets game right now. The I think the Thunder are still winning, and currently the series is 2-1 to one Houston. So I guess we'll just start talking about that series first. You bet plus three on the Thunder today. We don't really think that the Thunder are going to win the series, but certainly this is a game that they can grab. It looks like it's certainly possible heading into the fourth quarter right now. What do you think about how this series has gone? Because remember, Russell Westbrook hasn't played. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the first couple games, um, I think the first couple games, the Thunder had to figure out Harden, and I think they needed to figure out how they were going to incorporate Steven Adams. I think they needed to figure out what their guard play was going to be going forward. Um, And I think they figured it out. I think they figured it out last game. I think they figured out how to neutralize Harden. Harden ended up fouling out. I think they've got an unbelievably athletic defender in Dort. Dort has been all over Harden uh, this game and last game, and they've been neutralizing his scoring opportunities. Um, and I like how they're, they're how they're rotating Dennis Schroeder in. I like how they're rotating um, Shy Gilgis Alexander. I like how they are preserving CP3. And when CP3 is on the floor, he is making great decisions. And just like that, Dort three pointer. Now the Oklahoma City Thunder are up by two. So. The Thunder are playing unselfish basketball, and the thing is with the Rockets is it doesn't take long to figure them out. You know that when they come down the floor, it's gonna they, they want a hardened shot. They want a hardened step right. back three, and if they can limit that, I mean, I'm not really scared of anybody else that's not Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook's not playing. So I think the Thunder have figured out the Houston Rockets right now, and if they can capitalize on this and tie the series up, the Rockets are in trouble. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, if the, if the Rockets can't get Westbrook back, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I feel like the Thunder have figured out the Rockets. It's either Harden's going to do something or he's going to pass it off to someone that maybe he's going to make a shot. I mean, they have Covington. Uh, he's pretty good, but, you know, he's kind of hit or miss depending on the game. So it's really Harden and everyone else right now. And I feel like without Westbrook, the Thunder are actually a deeper team. Uh, you know, obviously the Thunder have a center, which, I mean, I've been attacking the Rockets for months on this. Why the hell did they trade Clint Capella? You're, you're putting P.J. Tucker at center. He's getting bodied by Steven Adams in the paint. So, I mean, that's a big mismatch for me. And I think it's being exposed. And, and obviously the Thunder, the Thunder are currently winning right now. Uh, again, I don't think the Thunder will win the series. I think Westbrook will come back. Um, but if Westbrook doesn't come back, do you think the Thunder have a chance to steal the series? Absolutely. But it all depends on if they can they can um, tie up the series here at 2-2. And I right. think even it's when over. Russell Westbrook comes back, I still believe that this series at 2-2 is still anyone's series. As you can see, as I'm watching right now, the Rockets have zero points in the last three minutes. What yeah. this means is, is the Oklahoma City Thunder can finally defend the Houston Rockets' offense, which isn't special. And D'Antoni does not coach well. I've said this for a while. And trading away Clint Capella, they don't get rebounds. So, I don't know. I could see this series going seven, and at that point, it's anyone's game. does not matter what stars you have on either team. In a game seven, all on the line, anyone can win. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And uh, I guess we could talk about very briefly, because this series, uh, everyone, you know, the, the people that don't really watch basketball freaked out that the Magic won game one of this series. But the Bucks have now won three straight. Milwaukee's up. They're going to take care of this, win game five. Uh, but what do you think about how Milwaukee's been playing in general? Because they haven't been dominating these games. Obviously, they lost game one, but they have not been the clear, undecided winner in all of these games. So, it, you know, I've heard criticisms, a little bit of a lack of energy from Giannis. Uh, the team isn't playing as hard or as efficiently as they were in the regular season. Do you think that's just bubble play or is it a problem moving forward? Um, I think it's a problem moving forward. I haven't, I mean, yeah, they've dominated in large stretches of these games. I know that they're up in the series two to one. I really believe that the Bucks have not, or three to one now. I really believe that the Bucks are not playing their best basketball and I don't know what's going on. I can tell with Giannis's facial expressions that they're not playing their best basketball since... Probably February, like, you know, probably since February, January. I mean, yeah, they had an amazing record, but they got to the bubble and I could tell they just weren't playing good basketball. And Chris Middleton has not been playing well. He finally has been hitting his shots over the last game and the game before. But before that, it's taken a long time for him to get into rhythm. And that's the problem with the Bucks. You have to sit there and be really scared because there are times that Chris Middleton disappears. And yeah. Giannis can't be having that. It looks like the Bucks are going to play the Heat. And, well, it's pretty much guaranteed that the Bucks are going to be playing the Heat in the next round. Okay. So the Heat have a couple guys that can match up on Giannis. Not only can they match up on Giannis, they have a defensive scheme that can make sure that other guys can help out while they're on the floor. So then you're going to be looking at Chris Middleton. Can Chris Middleton rise to the challenge? And that is where the Bucks are in kind of a purgatory position right now, where it's the land of the unknown with Chris Middleton going forward in the playoffs. We will see. 
Obviously, the Bucks are still the favorite, but they haven't been playing normal Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you that this is the first time I've really sat back and been like, you know what? The Heat really can take this series versus Milwaukee. I mean, the thing is, is I, I was assuming, you know what? Chris Middleton went through the playoffs last year. He knew what he had to work on. He'd come back this year. He'd be the clear number two. He's not the clear number two. I'm sorry. And th- this is why I think that Giannis, his facial expressions, they're not, you know, he's very, he's not into it. And I think that's why he doesn't have very much help on the court. And I, I think you-, you look at the Heat roster, you were just talking about it, the matchups. They have people that can guard Giannis. Not just that. The shooting for the Heat is, uh, first of all, I just want to address this. When Colin Cowherd said that Bam and Butler were the only shooters on the Heat, please. Uh, they, they, those are arguably the two worst shooters on the team. You have yeah, Duncan but, Robinson. But that Ty- just shows. <laughs> that just shows you that Fox Sports, those guys, they, they watch a couple players so that they can talk about a couple players. I think Colin Cowherd's NFL commentary is top-notch. Basketball is where it starts to get iffy. And obviously, yeah. undisputed, both of those guys have n- absolutely no idea what they're talking about outside of like two or three teams. So, yeah, but yeah, dude, it's just Bam. They only have two shooters: Bam Adebayo and and Jimmy. Bro, come on, please. I mean, what are even you Jay about? Crowder's going down the court and hitting pull-up threes. Yeah. Like, I mean, even Myers Leonard occasionally. I mean, you've got guy. I mean, if Kendrick Nunn comes back, I mean, they've got shooters. So. Uh, Drogic's been hitting threes too. I mean, he didn't even mention Goran Drogic. So, I mean, this Heat team is actually deeper than a lot of people think. You look at the Bucks roster, where's the depth? If you don't have a number two, I mean, the Heat have a one-two punch. They have Bam Butler. If it's Giannis and maybe Chris, maybe Bledsoe, maybe Brooke Lopez, you start to look at that Bucks roster, maybe it was a little overrated just because of the record. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I don't know if I want to say they're overrated. I just feel like they're in a funk right now. And even when they're in a funk, they're still a great basketball team. So if they really hit their stride, I mean, it doesn't matter if the Heat play amazing defense or not. It's going to be really tough for them to guard a deep Bucks roster. But I look, everything that we're saying right now is something is is what Bucks fans are talking about on Twitter. Yeah, they're you know they've won three in a row on the Magic. That was they should have really swept them. But I think that game one shows you that on their day that they're not consistent, they're a beatable team. So Right. And the Heat are deep, man. They are deep. And Kendrick yeah. Nunn is healthy. Pacer series now. I mean, they're we're recording this before their game four. We're assuming they'll probably win. Uh, did you expect this type of dominance from the Heat here? Yeah, uh there's a there's a there's kind of a um people I guess sports media is fixated on a few on like a handful of players and they're fixated on a hand, an even smaller handful of teams. And the Miami heat are one of the bigger franchises in the NBA, but I would not say that they have been on the national media's radar as a team that, you know, you, you want to talk about after all the heat were the fifth seed in the East. Yeah. Um, which very smart by them. They lost that final game. So their draft pick goes from 25th to 20th. Hey, so there you go. That that was good. Yeah. Regardless, um, look, I, the the Miami Heat play unbelievable team ba- team basketball. They defend really, really, really well. Um, Eric Spolster's got his guys always ready to play, and they've got a bench where anybody who needs to step up is going to do their job. And people forget that they actually have a few centers that are seven feet tall. Kelly Olynyk, 
Myers Leonard, Bam Adebayo, they are big in the trenches if they need people to come get rebounds. And then other people forget that the Miami Heat have a one-two punch, a point guard. Kendrick Nunn, most rookie of the month of this year. And then they have Goran Dragic. Yeah. So, I mean, look, Jimmy Butler's playing unbelievable playoff basketball. He looks like a man on the mission. So it's anyone's series going forward. I think that they wrap it up today. And I think that people are going to see some Kendrick Nunn playing time, and he's going to get into a rhythm. Dude, I, I forgot about Olenek, too, because, I mean, he even hits threes. I mean, like, yep. seriously, the whole roster, almost everyone can shoot threes. They're great defensively. Um, I think, you know, I heard some people picking Pacers this series. They're out of their mind. First of all, Sabonis isn't there. Uh, he's one of their best players. Right when I heard that, uh, you know, before the bubble, I was like, Pacers are done. They're not winning a playoff series. So whoever picked the Pacers, uh, I, you, you got to get your mind checked there. Um, so I knew the Heat were going to go past this. But again, like we were just talking about, I think their chances against the Milwaukee Bucks are way higher than I even thought. Uh, so looking at the rest of the NBA series, uh, we'll get to the Lakers and the Clippers last because those are the best series so far, in my opinion. Uh, Celtic Sixers, not really much to talk about other than Philadelphia is doomed. Uh, head coach, they got to fire Brett Brown. They've got to trade one of Simmons or Embiid. Uh, I'll ask you, who do you think they should trade after I talk about this? But Celtics, clear undisputed winner of this series. They'll go on. They're going to the ECF. In my opinion, they'll beat the Raptors in the next round. Uh, But who do you think should be traded, Simmons or Embiid? Um, Or or should it happen this season or next season? That is a good question. It's a tough one. Uh, in a league that, look, okay, here's where, here's what I got to say. If you are the Sixers and you look at Ben Simmons play and then you look at Luka Doncic play, both can attack the hole and get to yeah. the rim very similarly. Ben Simmons is very good at getting to the rack. He is an, an exceptional ball handler, an exceptional slasher to the basket. He's also a great passer. But his shooting is so unbelievably horrific that he becomes this one-dimensional player. Yeah. And it also, it it sort of reminds me a touch of kind of what Dwayne Wade's early, early NBA career was, where he was this exceptional slasher to the basket, but didn't have this lethal mid-range jumper. And he adopted that into his game. He became very good at the fadeaway. He became a guy who could pull up mid-range were just beyond the arc and, and hit a big shot. So I think you have to trade Ben Simmons here. I think Joel Embiid showed you this series that he is that good to keep you in the game. And I think Tobias Harris is also a great player. What they need is a point guard that can stay at the three-point line, sort of like a Fred Van, Fred Van Vliet, who can not only can he dish the, the rock, but he can stay at the three-line and make a big shot and not cluster up the hole. So I think you're better off trading Ben Simmons. I think he gets you a little bit more right now. Um, teams, you know, I, I would say the point guard market isn't that illustrious. And I don't really know what the point guard pool of players coming to this draft is outside of what's his, uh, what is his name? Lamelo, Lamelo, Lamelo Ball, Lamelo Ball. Yeah, I was gonna say Lamelo. Lamelo Ball. I don't, I don't know outside of him who's a great like this, you know, world class point guard. So that's my take. I think you gotta keep Embiid, and you know, I kind of take it back. I don't know if you get more for Ben Simmons over Embiid, but I think what you do is you keep the arguably the best center in the in the in the league, 
and you pair him and Tobias Harris up, who Tobias Harris can score the, score the score the rock. I think Tobias Harris is good too. I think he's max contractor. Absolutely not. But if you can get a point guard who can stretch the floor a little bit and, and shoot some threes and also properly facilitate an offense that is no longer plagued by Brett Brown's coaching, they can get right back to the playoffs next year. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know if I, cause it's, it's really tough. Cause if I'm, if I'm looking at it short term, I'd say definitely trade Ben. If I'm looking at it long term, maybe I'm thinking Joel because Embiid's had way more injury problems. His knees are pretty bad. And at a young age to have knee injuries like this, to have had multiple surgeries, uh, it's it's concerning because you look five years down the road, you're probably thinking, okay, Ben's probably still playing at an all-star level. Do we even know if Embiid's going to be completely healthy five years from now? So if you're looking at, okay, are we trying to win championships right now? Maybe you just keep both, right? But then you think, okay, you can't really keep both because clearly they can't coexist. So it's really a conundrum to me because, again, short term, you're probably looking at, okay, we need to keep the better overall player. We keep Embiid. Long term, is there injury concerns? I don't know. It's definitely debatable. I think you could get more of a return for Joel because he is arguably the best center in the league. Ben Simmons is not even a top five point guard. Um, I also think because Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, they're on the trade market. Even though they're not point guards, they're still guards. So they're going to have a lot of people going for them too. Uh, So that kind of takes away from the Simmons trade market. Whereas you look at the center position, there's not necessarily a team uh, that's trying to trade a center that's at Embiid's level. You know, Jokic is not on the market. You know, no other centers are really out there to be traded right now. So I think, again, I'll reiterate it again, long-term, probably trading Embiid. So that would mean I'm probably waiting a year or two to do that. Short-term, trade Ben now, fire Brett Brown, get a Fred Vlamfleet, uh, get a point guard that's at that type of level, uh, maybe even get a Bradley Beal. Swing a trade, say Ben Simmons for Bradley Beal. Maybe that doesn't work because John Wall's a point guard, but you know what I mean. Something of that nature to get a guy like that. Uh, so we've... Added on to the call, a Philadelphia sports expert, Philadelphia sports uh, icon, as well as a diehard. His name is Doug Pett. Doug, how are you doing today? Hey, man, I'm good. How are you doing? Pretty good. We are just debating your shitty sports team, the Philadelphia 76ers, and we're wondering what your thought is on the organization. Um, we are also explicit. Uh, we are an explicit podcast, like, 75 percent of the time so this is one of the 75 percent so you can say your piece um and just for some context i had said that the 76ers should trade ben simmons if there's going to be a trade what are your thoughts all right so personally i think that if you're going to trade ben simmons you might as well just go ahead and restart the whole process honestly if you're going to spend five years losing with like 42 wins or something like that it's not even worth it to give up those players that you got. He's an all-star. Joel Embiid is an all-star. And they lost to the Celtics because they're without an all-star. Um, if you look at the team, it was really good with the exception of the shooting and the mid-range defense. Um, really what it comes down to, I think, is bad management. Elton Brand should not be doing what he's doing, man. It's It's frustrating to watch. And I know... Other people say they hate the Sixers, they hate the Sixers. But when you're- All right, so you cannot give up Ben Simmons and you cannot give up Joel. You're stuck with those two players until then. 
which I think for Embiid is four more years and Ben Simmons three more years, something like that. Um, so what you're going to have to do is build a team around. You're going to have to sell your shitty bench players that you had at the end of this last season. Like we're talking Real Nato, Shake Milton, I love, but he didn't play well. He averaged 10 points a game on 40% from three. And if he's going to be called Sniper Shake in Philly, he can't be averaging 10 points a game from it's just not acceptable. So you're selling off those guys, and you're going out on the market, and you're getting a guy like Joe Harris, um, which we wouldn't even have to do all this if Elton Brand didn't let J.J. Redick walk. It really comes down to the front office messing up before and going all in on the previous season. We wouldn't be stuck in this shitty situation right now without a coach. So you're saying that you wouldn't trade either? No. Absolutely. So, but what if what if Ben Simmons? Okay, so so my argument here with the Sixers is, first of all, I think Brett Brown plagued your offense and the whole team, regardless. Okay, and I think that there were some pretty crappy decisions. I think the I think the Horford decision was really weird. I didn't understand that yeah. one bit. I was about to um, ask about that one. Yeah, that one was weird. I think letting J.J. Redick go was also weird to me because he was a good three-point shooter and a competitor. Um, but for me, I guess my argument is Ben Simmons is really good at getting to the rack, right? He's a good passer, and I would say that he is an average defender as well. You're not going to lose because of him on the defensive side of the ball. And for the most part, he is sort of a mismatch for a lot of the point guards in the NBA, especially because of his height. And he's got some quickness to him. But when you eliminate the fact that anybody has to respect any sort of jump shot from, from, from Ben Simmons, he becomes beyond one-dimensional on the offensive side of the floor. So what I'm saying is, is don't you think that if you were to just keep Tobias Harris and you were to keep Joel Embiid and trade Ben Simmons for, let's say, a first-round pick or let Ben Simmons walk for or or trade Ben Simmons for a couple picks going forward in the future, and then maybe get a Fred Van Vliet who can probably run your offense and add that three-point dimension to him and let Joel Embiid run wild with Tobias Harris. Don't you think that there would be some more efficiency to the Sixers and less drama? I think we need to sell off Horford's contract because that is just way too big for a guy of his caliber, not even starting when we paid him. Lord knows how much money, but Ben Simmons about the one dimensional thing. He can't, he can't shoot. It doesn't matter if he can't shoot in that aspect. Like he's like, I would relate him to the Derrick Henry of the NBA. He's going to run through your face and it's your job to try and stop him. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you think that like I was saying to CJ, I was like, okay, if you're going to trade one of the two, you might want to trade Embiid because long-term, I'm thinking, okay, well, Embiid's had a lot of injury history. You might want to get rid of him because he has more value and because of the injuries. So, I mean, if you had to choose, which one would it be? Because I think it's an argument of short-term gain or long-term gain with the with the uh, 76ers. But, but the thing is, is you watched in the series that Embiid clearly can put up the numbers. I think he can. I mean, there's no denying who's the better player. But, I just I don't mean, think Ben Simmons is going to go into a series like that against the Celtics, and he's going to put up anywhere near the numbers that Embiid did for four yeah, straight games. That. I agree with that. Take out Embiid, and that like every game's a blowout completely. If it already wasn't. 
Yeah, Embiid has proved that he can carry the squad. He It's his team in my eyes, and Ben Simmons is just a two-piece to him. But a guy that can find a big guy like that, like you're not going to get that from a lot of other people. And especially if you're only selling him for a first-round pick or a second-round pick, or you're packaging him and I don't even know who else they would package, maybe like next year's first-round pick or a first-round pick this year higher up in the lottery. Um, you're just not going to get the return that a guy who's bringing you 17 points a game, eight assists, eight rebounds would give you, plus an outstanding defensive game that he has. I just don't see the value in trading either of them realistically, especially with what the team's been through. I mean, so if you're going to keep them, though, I mean, you you probably have to get you like you can't settle with Josh Richardson at shooting guard, and you probably can't settle with. I mean, obviously Horford has to go, but that contract to me is too big to move. Who's going to take that? Nobody really. No one. We put in There's other no picks with him. That's right. what I'm saying. It's just bizarre decisions. They're stuck. They really are. Like, really bizarre decision-making. I think they're going to make a bad deal, and I think specifically Elton Brand's going to make a bad deal, and I'm not looking forward to it. I think he's going to do the hard decision, which is trade one of the two, and you build a pool of draft picks. If you can get... Uh, la, la, what is it, Lamelo, la, 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 Leandro, yeah, Lamelo, fucking Lamelo, dude, Lamelo can run that offense and he can shoot. I just but don't. He's a ball, so he's probably way overhyped. Who knows? This team, or he's this... been playing pro ball over over in Europe though. Yeah, in Lithuania, but I'm <laughs> like this draft class that I'm looking at right now. It is. So much weaker than the last draft class. The last two draft classes, really. Like, I know it's, we haven't had NCAA basketball and there was no March Madness last year, so we didn't get to see the stars shine and everything. But realistically, when you're looking at this class, if you don't have that first pick, I just don't think it's going to work out well. Well, I mean, in a way, I kind of agree. But so your so your overall opinion of the 76ers is you keep Joel, you keep Ben, you go at it again next season, make maybe make a few roster moves in the in free agency. I mean, they don't need a few roster moves. They need they need to move everyone except for those two. Wow. Who in their right <laughs> mind would take Tobias Harris on a max contract? Uh, the Nets. They're looking for a third piece. Yeah, but KD He's not a max contract player. You give a max contract to a budding talent like who I'm watching right now, Bam Adebayo. You give a max contract to guys that actually need a max contract, like Devin Booker and stuff like that. Tobias Harris ain't either of those guys. See, like I feel like they'll they'll try and make a stupid trade and go get Book, uh, Devin Booker. Which that but getting D Book I mean, is it not would work it, for them though. I would like that. I mean, if you if you could take Booker and Embiid. Would you do that over Simmons and Embiid? It really does depend on who would be playing the four. Every day of the week. I, th- I think in this current team that we have, if we still have to hold on to Tobias and um, Al Horford, I think you stay big. You, get, you go get a tall shooting guard. Um, you run bully ball. I think that's what they need to do. Hasn't worked in a while, but you never know what might happen. So you're telling me in that scenario that was just given to you that you would not instead want D-Book and Bede? 
Currently, I would want Ben Simmons. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. D book is a We made him out in the front office. Oh my gosh, that's atrocious. Okay, give me your reasoning. The amount that the Suns would want back to would just be ridiculous. It would be astronomical. I don't know if there's that much more. First of all, it would never happen. I don't think the Suns would ever just be like, okay, yeah, sure, Ben Simmons and a draft pick for D-Book. I mean, I don't think that would ever happen, but I just think it's wild that you would prefer Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, which clearly don't work together, over Devin Booker, who is a prolific shooting guard right now. How many years does Devin Booker have left on his contract? Start with that. Why to guess? Right. I'll look that up as you guys talk. I'm, let's see. Say he is. Say he has two years left on his contract. We signed Tobias for four or five, and we definitely signed Big Al for four. Those are ridiculous contracts. Devin Booker gets two years in Philly. It's almost exactly the same as the Jimmy Butler situation. You give up way too much for a guy who's only going to be there on a rental. You think D Book? You think that they would trade for D Book to only be a rental? I, think I mean, you, you have Booker through 2023-24. He's a UFA in 2024. I think that you, I think if you're going to go and get a player like, like if okay, let's just, instead of keep throwing around D-Book, okay, if they're going to trade a Simmons or an Embiid for a premier player in the NBA, they're not trading him to be a rental. You're I'm, trading for this guy to be a new face of the franchise, a new longtime 76er. Or else, what's the point of trading Embiid or Simmons? Because they get you to the playoffs. They trade Simmons combo will get you to the playoffs. It's just in the playoffs, nothing's going to fucking happen. Last year, they traded our best three-point shooter, Dario Sarch, and our best 3 and D guy, Robert Cummington, for a rental in Jimmy Butler. So they should have kept Jimmy. Yeah, they should have re-signed him, but they didn't. And then they let him walk, and they let Jimmy. Well, I don't think Jimmy wanted to be there. Right, that's true. I think they would have loved to have kept Jimmy. I don't think Jimmy wanted to be there. But the point is that they've already done that exact situation where they go and they get a guy to win now, and it hasn't proven to work. It hasn't. I think over time, Embiid and Simmons are going to develop more, and that's going to make them better players, and more people are going to want to come to the city and play there. But I don't think that they should have a win-now attitude toward it. (laughs) CJ's face. <laughs> I don't know what else. But we're, I'm just watching CJ's face. I don't think that they need to develop more as individual basketball players. I think they need to develop some damn chemistry because when they're on the floor, they look like they look at each other like, "Where the fuck am I supposed to stand? Where am I supposed to be right now?" And then they're like, Ugh. and Ben Simmons is like getting to the rim, and then Joel and like, "Are you in a dish to me?" And then it just doesn't work. And then you got Tobias Harris, who isn't a small dude by any means, bro. That guy's like 6'8", at the very least. And he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll get pushed out to the wings. I don't know. I mean, I guess they could adopt a system in which they go out and they get a a point guard that can start the game. And then you can take out Tobias Harris or or, or Embiid and then let Ben Simmons go run his – a different group of guys. And Ben Simmons is good enough to run a different group without Embiid on the floor. And then you got a one-two punch – Unit, you know what I'm saying? But you can't start them both. They don't have chemistry, and the efficiency's not there. You can if you find a guy. You find a good guard that can pass the ball around, and you get one more guy that can shoot that's a little bit better, a little bit better than Jay Rich. 
Jay Rich is a pretty decent guard that is highly affordable and can score. If you can find a guy that's better than Jay Rich and use Jay Rich as your six man, you're the most happy person in the world. Wait, okay, okay. What if they got Van Vliet to play shooting guard? Yeah, that would be. And they kept those guys. But he's about Oladipo. Oladipo doesn't look happy in Indiana. Uh, there's a lot of yeah, talk about Oladipo. Financials. I think Van Vliet would be cheaper because I don't think they could afford all those contracts. Yeah, it depends on the end of this playoff run. Because Van Vliet, like literally last night, two nights ago, he put up 36, true, 37, 10 or something like that. He's playing out of his mind right now, and that team is going to go far too. Um, when you think about it, Ben Simmons is 24, and Beat is 26. Even though I don't like it, they're committing to top Tobias Harris, and he's 28. That is a young core right there. They just need, I say, wait two more years with this squad. They have all three of those guys for four years. Two more years with this squad, you build up, you get the chemistry going between the three of them. I think eventually Tobias Harris doesn't maybe have 15 points in a playoff game that he needs to win. Eventually, maybe Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can stay healthy the entire season, and they can run it up in the playoffs. I think but you need to wait and not sell out right now like they did last year. I think what the Sixers need is if they're going to keep Ben Simmons and Embiid and, and Tobias Harris and keep that nucleus and, and keep that core, okay, what you need on the 76ers are two bona fide three-point shooters that where they can come in the game or one of the two can come in the game and can play with Ben Simmons. So you can take Embiid out, rest him, and then you still have Simmons who can get to the rack and then dish it out to a three-point shooter like a Kyle Korver type, uh, um, Danny Green type, a Duncan Robinson type, who can, no matter where they are on the floor, get streaky and start hitting their shots. And then at that point, you're not missing much with Embiid out of the game and Ben Simmons is in, and then you can vice versa. Then you can get Embiid back in the game with Tobias Harris and play bully ball like you said. But the thing is, is they can't all coincide. And you don't have the roster to where one or the other is always complimented on the floor. They could go and get, I'm looking at free agents in this offseason right now. Guys that I would like on this team are like Tim Hardaway Jr., Marcus Morris. Um, yeah, but where's Marcus play? Because then you're not, you're not going to sit Horford. You do sit Horford. He's bad. <laughs> yeah, but on that money. That money. That's the that thing. Money. You don't sit that Did money on the not bench. play? And then go invest that money elsewhere? They sat him this year for the end of the season. I think for the last... Yeah, and as the owner of the end of the of the Philadelphia 76ers who's paying the damn guy, that sucks. Yeah, it sucks for him, but he he's, he's beyond anybody feeling bad for him. <laughs> it is his fault, I guess you could say, but, yeah, but still... It's I... also his call at the end of the day. I don't know. Yeah, this team is frustrating. It's frustrating. It is. Yeah, well, I'll be very frustrated go, as well. Before you go, I want your uh, your Flyers pick. Do you think they get past? Uh, I forget who they're playing. Just mind blank right now. Islanders. That's right. Yeah. Do you, it's going to be a tight series. I have. I honestly, I I think Philly, if they can ride Carter Hart, I think they're going to the Cup. Yeah, we had two great shutouts last uh, last series. And those are fun to watch games, too. Um, personally, I have Flyers 4-2. But that might be a homer pick. I, maybe I'm underestimating them. I think they looked pretty strong in the first round against the Caps, but... Well, I hate both teams. I'm a Ranger fan, so... I, they I, beat the Caps 
No, I'm saying Flyers 4-2 this series. It's fair. I mean, at least you're giving the Islanders it. two games. The I, thing, I just don't like counting the Islanders out. Either for some reason, with them, they, they get it done. It's hard It's hard to not pick the Islanders, but, I mean, I got to go homer pick and just take the Flyers. I just got confidence in Carter Hart. I really, I think Carter Hart can ride them. Uh, now, if they have to play Boston or Tampa, well, they're going to have to play Boston or Tampa. Carter Hart's going to have to be on his game against those teams. So mm-hmm. I, I think if they do go to the Cup, that Eastern Conference Final would be a seven-game series for sure. Um, I think they'd have a better chance against Boston than they would against Tampa, obviously, because Tukarask isn't there. Um, so I think the team you don't want to see next round is Tampa, personally. Yeah, I mean, Tampa, like, I don't even know what to say about them. Like, I don't know how they lost that game last night. No, it's so mind-boggling. They look good, though. They did look good, but they're they, going to tie it up tomorrow. True. I mean, that's true. So, uh, well, we want to thank you for coming on, Doug. We got that 76er insight there, and uh, I'm sure we'll have you on again soon. So, uh, CJ and I are now going to uh, go on to our rest of our NBA talk here because uh, we still got to talk about Clippers and Lakers because those are great series so far. Uh, so, thanks, Doug, and we'll uh, see you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. See you, buddy. Yeah. All right. So th- that was some great conversation there with uh, Doug. And uh, so, yeah, we got to really we got to talk about this Lakers series. I want to do this one first. Uh, so this series is 2-1 Lakers, right? 3-1, 2-1? 1. 2-1 Lakers. Yeah. Uh, I think the series is basically over, as you can tell. Uh, it's not that the Dame magic has uh, withered away. He's still scoring a bunch of points. It's just the roster is not built to beat a team like the Lakers. The Lakers are extremely good and they've hit their stride. I think this series will be four to one. Hey, don't tell Charles Barkley that, CJ. He's still picking Portland. He said uh, today, he said Portland's going to win tonight and advance. He, he gave it a Chuck guarantee. Chuck, the Chuck guarantee. <laughs> the Chuck guaranteed the Pacers to. to <laughs> He really he picked the Pacers last game. They were down by like twenty five at one point. Oh my god! Well, hey, we, I guess we shouldn't trust that. But you know the thing is, they lost game one, kind of a fluke game. You know, I kind of I, I wanted to join the hype train because I'm kind of anti LeBron, but uh, you know he's turned it on. He's getting triple doubles. Anthony Davis is actually playing well. Um, the question is, can they beat the Clippers? The Clippers, and we'll talk about this series now, they're looking more and more beatable by the day. I, I thought the Clippers were undisputed, the best team in the NBA. I think they still are. But this series is now 2-2 two to two with Dallas. Dallas is not, I mean, l- listen, are they better than the Lakers? No, they're not. But their roster right now might be a little bit deeper than the Lakers. So it, it, it's the, the, the Clippers definitely got the toughest matchup. I think of any playoff team getting the Mavericks. I know CJ, you were talking about the Mavericks as being one of the top four teams in the Western Conference. So it's definitely a really difficult first round matchup. So I feel like if the Clippers get past this, which they will, that's the you know that's the hump. That is the hump. Oh, you're pointing your fingers at me. Do you actually have Dallas taking this? Please don't say it. I just but for for anyone to first of all, I would like to point out that on two pods before the NBA playoffs started, what did I say? The Mavs yeah. are good enough to push either L.A. team to yeah. seven games. 
<laughs> you did say that. I said that. It's Luca. Because Luca is insane. Kristaps is very good. And then on top of that, Dorian Finney-Smith's a great role player. Steph Curry's hitting his shots. Um, who's, the, who's the point guard? Who's the other guy? Who's the, uh, uh, he had a great game last night. Trey something? Trey Burke? Trey, Trey Burke. Burke, yes. Trey Burke had a great game last night. And then they've got the defender who plays power forward. He's also European. Um, oh, uh, Boban. Well, Boban is a, Bo, Boban's another guy. He's the center. But they've got some power forward uh, here. I will pull it up literally right now. Um, dude, they, they have a very solid roster. And I was upset that the Mavericks had to play the Clippers round one. I thought I think the the, the Mavericks are easily a top four team in in the 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 West, and they're good enough to go to round two. And I think that you can tell right now that the Mavericks have all that have what it takes to compete with the Clippers in a seven-game series. And if the series goes seven, right now I have to back Luka Doncic being the best player on the court. Over oh, Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard's better than Luka Doncic. Overall, yes, but in this series, right now, today, yeah, Luka Doncic is the Luka's best player in the series. He's hot. I mean, in a one-game scenario, wow. I, I, it really, it could happen. But if the, to me, if the Clippers get past this, that's the toughest team that they'll have to play until the NBA Finals. Because I, I really, I think they will handle the Lakers. But what, what do you think about Paul George struggling? Because last three games, and I have a, uh, a picture of it here about how bad his stats have been in the last three games. Uh, so nine points, three for 14, then 11 points, three for 16, then 14 points, four for 17. So he's been God awful. I mean, if Paul George can't turn it on, then they're not going to beat the Lakers. So he's got to really pull his head out of his ass really quickly here before the end of this series. Yep. Paul George has been invisible. Completely invisible. He doesn't look confident. I think that this is what happens when you are glued to your phone um, and responding to people on Instagram and posting stuff on Twitter and getting into it and stuff. I think that that social media bug is a karma and it comes back to haunt you. Look, you don't see Luke. You didn't see Luka Doncic go on Twitter after the Montrezl Harrell thing. They settled it like men. Right. The Damian Lillard, Paul George thing got got to Paul George. I think a lot. And I think he's in his head right now. And instead of playing his game, he's forcing things. And forcing things does not work well in the NBA, especially like against a Mavs team that is pretty solid defensively and can answer whatever shot that you hit. And the yeah. thing is, is Luka Doncic is pretty tall. I think he's like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, um, him and Giannis are going to be the face of the NBA for the next decade. Yeah, they, they are setting themselves up to be the face of the NBA for for a while after the LeBron era ends and who knows. Yeah, I mean, and it's crazy because they're both international players. First of all, if Luka Doncic keeps his career up, there's no reason why Luka can't be um, the best European basketball player ever. Absolutely. How old is he? 22? 23? 21. 21. Dude, he's 21. I mean, you're older than him. Yeah. Shit. I mean, it's crazy to think. That's that's crazy. Okay. Well, anyway, I think the Mavs can go. I think the this series will go seven. I'm not really prepared to say that the Mavs are going to go on, but I'm not saying that they won't. This is anyone's series right now, and the next game is going to decide who goes forward because no one's winning two games in a row in the series. 
All right, so real quick, we'll hit hockey here, and then uh, when we're done with our hockey part, uh, even though Stephen and I are not recording right now, we're recording tomorrow morning, uh, our part of the hockey conversation will happen right after mine and CJ's. So we'll get both thoughts from both of you guys. Uh, so let's go to the NHL right now. So tonight at 7 o'clock is actually starting right now. Islanders Flyers, we talked about it a little bit. I know the Islanders are kind of on, you know, they're that one team every year. They kind of get on a roll and they have this little thing going. That's the team this year. So that, that was the Blues last year. It's the Islanders this year. But I hate the Islanders too much. I know I don't like to be biased. I have to be normal. But I hate the Flyers too. So I feel like I'm kind of down the, down the uh, center aisle here. If they can ride Carter Hart, they're going to win this series. The thing about the Flyers is, they lost two games to the Montreal Canadiens. And if you are the number one seed and you lose two games to that team, that's not a good look. I get it. Montreal beat Pittsburgh. That's cute. But they're not a good team. They lost to the Red Wings three times. This is a good, young, hopeful team. They're not a great team. And so I feel like Philly, bare minimum, should have lost one game. But the fact that Carter Hart got two shutouts is pretty unbelievable, two games in a row. And then the other side of that coin, though, is, okay, that's against Montreal's offense. What about the Islanders? Well, the Islanders don't have much of an offense either. So I feel like they can at least ride Carter Hart through to the Eastern Conference Finals. What about you, CJ? I think the Islanders' uh, magic and all that jazz runs out. I I will say they manhandle the Capitals completely. But I think the Flyers are way more suited for the Islanders' physical game. And they've got the skill to score. I think that this series will go six games, like Doug said. And I think it's a 4-2 Flyers win. I don't know if I'm prepared to say the Flyers are ready to go to the Cup because I do feel like whoever wins the Lightning Bruins series is going to go to the Cup, but I think that the following series goes seven games. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, who do you think is going to win that Boston-Tampa series? Boston up 1-0 right now. Uh, they're playing on Tuesday night, so the day that this airs. Um, personally, I think Tampa pulls through. Rask left, and I addressed this last pod. I'll address it again. I was a little too harsh on Twitter towards Tuka Rask for leaving the bubble. Um, I kind of, you know, was premature in my comments. Obviously, he has family issues to deal with. I shouldn't have been that premature with it. But they have Halak right now. They did win game one with Halak. I just don't think that's sustainable, especially if Steven Stamkos can come back. Uh, I don't know how close that is to happening, but if he can come back some point during the series, uh, I feel like Tampa will win it. What about you, CJ? I think the Tampa Bay Lightning win this series. Uh, I actually don't think it's going to go seven, to be completely honest. I don't really like where the Bruins are at right now in terms of the roster, and I think the Lightning were the better team last night. I think that the Lightning get this series done in six. I think it's a 4-2 series. Wow. I, I just think the Lightning are firing on all cylinders, and like we said on the pod with uh, Cashin, um, I think that they just needed to get by the Jackets. Jackets, that that like karma, that, that that bad mojo, that weird like mind block of a team, the Columbus Blue Jackets for the Lightning, and they did it, and I think that they're going to take care of business in this series. Yeah. Uh, what about Stars Avs? Stars up 1-0. I feel like that's a fluke game. I said on the last pod with Steve, I was like, whoever comes out of this Flame Stars series is not going very far. I I have Colorado personally winning the Stanley Cup. Um, so I, I think Colorado blows past him. I feel like I, I know Dallas was a top four seed. I feel like it's honestly a Magic Bucks situation where the Avs kind of took a step back. They weren't put, putting on full throttle. I think they're going to win the next four games. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I so we got that series. And then we have Canucks Golden Knights. Uh, I know Steve hates the Golden Knights, so I guarantee you he picked Canucks. Um, I did too, actually. I like Vancouver. Uh, you know, I'm not going to just go back on it now that the 5 nothing win for Vegas in Game 1. I, I like Vancouver. I think they beat the defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues, which is, by the way, a big deal. Huge deal. Um, I feel like Game 1, you know, it, it's Game 1. They have six more games to prove themselves. I think they're a deep team. They're a young team. They're a committed team. And listen, I mean, you beat the Stanley Cup champions, the defending champs. Vegas is not as good as the Blues, in my opinion. So... I think Canucks pull this out probably in seven. Mm, disagree. Ooh, okay. Disagree. I think Vegas will win this series handily. I think it's in five or six. All right. So that'll uh, that'll do it for our NHL part. We talked a bunch of NBA. And uh, now we're going to switch over to me and Steve. Thanks, CJ, uh, for coming on today. By the way, I said at the beginning of the show that this was going to be on FAU All Radio. Uh, it's actually next Tuesday that we'll be on FAUL Radio, uh, 4 to 5 p.m. Uh, we're still figuring some stuff over at the uh, station. But uh, thanks, CJ, for coming on for this first half of the show. And now we'll transition to me and Steve. We'll talk hockey and baseball. And uh, before we go, uh, actually, I forgot to add this part in. Uh, here is CJ talking about Champions League uh, because it is over now. Uh, here we go, CJ. Yeah, so huge game yesterday, Bayern Munich, uh, PSG. Um, PSG is the abbreviation of Paris Saint-Germain, which is the a club in Paris, France, the number one team in League One. Uh, they have a lot of money invested into that team. Neymar, Mbappe, that back, that back four, the midfield, everything. And, you know, they have been putting so much money in to get a Champions League trophy. And unfortunately, this year they ran into a Bayern Munich team that is just heads above the rest. Now, PSG had about four chances in the first half alone that were you were sitting there like, why is this game not 3-0? Why is PSG not up 3-0 right now? This is, these are goals that Neymar, Mbappe, they, that they should be netting, like putting in the back of the net. And Ander Herrera, an ex-United player, had an unbelievable first half yesterday. And he created a few chances, and they just didn't put him in the back of the net. And when you play Bayern and you have a couple goals put on a silver platter, you have to bury them because you know Bayern's at least going to score one. What Bayern Munich did is they came back to second half, slowed the game down. PSG didn't have as many chances. Boom, they scored. And then by the 78th minute, I think there was just too much for PSG to overcome. They had a, they had two more chances that they could have bagged, and they didn't. That that just really takes the life out of you, and it was game over. 1-0 Bayern Munich, well-deserved, well-deserved for them, and they get another Champions League trophy. Next year, I still back PSG to get back to the top four because that that roster is just that good. Who knows what Neymar is going to do? That guy flip flops all the time and when he, whether he wants to stay or not. But anyway, I like PSG to get back. They're one of the better teams in the world. All right. Well, there it is. That's your Champions League recap. And now we will go to me and Steve talking hockey and baseball. <laughs> 